Welcome to the podcast. Today is March 14th, 2020. And this week, we're going to talk about the ongoing market crash and the implications for tech and employment. Now, with all these looming quarantine and lockdown measures in place, I think we're about to see some rather pronounced changes in our world, and some of them are going to be quite long-lasting. First off, I think we're about to see a grand experiment in working from home. A lot of people, probably hundreds of thousands if not more, are already running their own home office as a direct consequence of the coronavirus. So are most of these people going to be productive and actually get something done? Well, not necessarily because, I mean, these are pretty special circumstances really. And I think currently a lot of people are probably spending a lot of time reading the news, staying in touch with family and gossiping and so forth. And I think, you know, building up a capacity to focus, staying disciplined and you know, maintaining a routine, all those things, they take time. And, uh, and some things are actually preferable to do in complete privacy. In other words, from your own home office. So for example, I mean, uncomfortable phone calls with clients or partners, that's probably something everybody will do better at when nobody else is listening in, when you get to do it from home or from anywhere where nobody's listening to you. Now, if you're working against a tight deadline also, you can probably do without all that stuff that you get in a normal office setting. You know, the happy birthday cake coming in through the office and everybody having to get up and sing and so forth. All the announcements, all the unnecessary meetings and so forth. We can do without all that. Now, personally, I've been running a small business for the past seven years or so, and I've worked from home a lot, probably the majority of the time, in fact. And, you know, some people like it, others don't. And this probably just reflects kind of how, maybe how sociable you are as a person, for one thing, you know, and whether the actual hustle and bustle of an office energizes you or if it drains you or distracts you or whatever it does to you. Now, at the moment, I think being around other people in an office is probably the biggest distraction of them all. That's probably the last thing that people want to be doing uh, in, in these circumstances. For me, though, I think the solution up until now, you know, it has been to have a part-time co-working space and working from home part-time. Because this way, you have some kind of sense of normalcy and community, but you also have the opportunity to really crank out work alone if you have to. And also, by the way, another psychological hack here is that if you are self-employed, you probably want to get a really super high-end office, a really expensive one. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because that's going to make it far less likely for you to just kind of sit around and waste time on social media, etc. If you're paying to actually be there, putting out hard cash to be in an office, then you're probably going to want to be more effective at it. Now, I generally get a lot more done when I'm working from home, but that's because I've developed that as a skill. And if you hate your job to begin with, you're probably not going to like it working from home either. And chances are you're just going to use that as an opportunity to slack off. And speaking of Slack, by the way, Slack, which a lot of you digital nomads and techies are going to know from before, it's actually a listed company these days. For the people who don't know it, Slack is basically a communications tool for digital workers, and it's used a lot for virtual team communications. Now, I'm not bullish on this company yet, but the revenues are growing, and longer term, in other words, post-crisis, I think this could turn into something of, a, of an opportunity. But a more established business in the outright you know, remote workspace is Upwork. Now, 
Again, digital nomads and techies are probably going to know about this one. And they have been around for many, many years, actually. And they went public last year. And I think they could be a buy quite soon. It could turn into a really nice investment over time. And speaking of investing, I did hint at the fact that I expected severe financial turmoil just the other week, and we certainly got it. But I don't think we've bottomed quite yet. In fact, I think we're quite far from it. And you might see some, well, you might see some interim legs up, and these bear market rallies can be quite jolty. But the prevailing trend, I think, is we're going down. We're heading down. And I have closed out some of my short positions in the S&P and Eurostoxx 50, full disclosure. But I still think, you know, longer term, we have a lot lower to go. Now, looking at some of the assets that really got creamed over the past week, though, is Bitcoin and crypto as a whole. The general crypto space, really. Now, I am a buyer at these levels. And yes, I think we could go back below 4K, but that would be a very quick ride. Now, regarding crypto, I think its success is either total or completely insignificant. So either this thing works or it's going to die. And I entertain both scenarios, and that's why I'm kind of sizing my positions accordingly. So you might be tempted to really load up the truck here when you get these enormous pullbacks. But position sizing is really key to, to survival here. And it's also key to sleeping at night, for one thing. Anyway, how these financial scenarios play out here, it kind of really comes down to one thing, and that is the response that we're going to see from the Fed and the European Central Bank. And the Fed already announced that there are more fund bucks coming of different kinds. And so far, the markets have kind of just shrugged this off. They haven't been impressed whatsoever. We're still basically in a bear market and nothing is going to change that anytime soon. Yes, we might have some upticks here because of Trump's recent antics with with him bringing in the various CEOs from the S&P to do the testing and so forth. That's not going to have much of a lasting impact. Could be up another 10% from here, but after that, I think it's we're, we're heading down. Anyway, the fact that we saw such a lackluster response in the markets from the stimulus that's coming down the road, that's a really bad sign. It's a bad sign for the efficacy of monetary policy here. But of course, that doesn't mean that they're going to stop. Central banks are going to st stay at it and the trillions will keep on coming. And that could actually drive stocks artificially higher. I mean, in fact, it's going to drive everything higher, starting with, you know, hand sanitizer, masks, food, and of course, then later on, gold and silver and so forth. So in terms of preserving your purchasing power, stocks probably will not save you. And if the S&P doubles, if the Nasdaq doubles, then the price of a loaf of bread is going to triple. So... Wrapping this up, the dust will settle eventually and people will accept this new situation as, you know, the baseline normal circumstances. And I think getting back to working from home and so forth, people will also get the hang of working from home. And I bet a lot of people will also appreciate the opportunity. And also, a lot of people will probably notice just how much you can get done without, you know, having to sit in the same room with your coworkers. So in fact, the, you know, the typical nine to five open plan office setup, I mean, that's something that really was just kind of lazily adopted from the industrial era, just without any real rhyme or reason to it. And, and me personally, I mean, I've worked with a lot of developers, for instance, and many of them don't really have eight hours of productive time in a day. Uh, and many of them also come to think of it, they struggle with, you know, getting work done with a chatty coworker sitting 50 inches away from them. So working from home, I think some people are really going to thrive. 
And by the way, that means for all you digital nomads out there that are still nomadic at this point, you're going to get a lot more competition quite soon, I think. Anyway, I think it's pretty obvious at this point that the business cycle peak is now behind us, and that's not going to be reversed anytime soon. And in fact, you know, I just walked past my grocery store here, and I saw that there was a police-directed queue wrapping around the corner. So I think we all just had a reality check on, you know, what's really important. So suddenly having food in your pantry is very quickly your priority number one. And I did warn you listeners that this would happen, so I hope you stocked up. Well, did you? And are you short the market? Are you buying gold? What else do you think I should be talking about in this new post-apocalyptic economy? You can email me on podcast at nyman.media, and I'll be sure to respond or bring it up in the next episode. Until then, keep hitting that vitamin C, stay productive, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to comment on an episode or if you want to support the podcast, visit nyman.media slash podcast. That's N-Y-M-A-N dot media slash podcast. Or feel free to leave a review wherever you're listening from. And thanks for listening.